The problem with the pussy was I'm in my hotel room and, you know, the door's getting just banged in and I'm having to act like nobody's in the room and sneak out to get places because there's just women trying to get into the room, you know? So it was, it was just a, it was just a complete pussy fest. And then when the nitro girls got, got involved, now you got women and men in the same hotels. Oh yeah. Well, and that, brother, it everybody, was a, it was a, it was a complete fuck fest. They call me. Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper, got my satchel of grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best. They call me the Greedy Man. What's up, everybody? How we doing today? Got many clients. So. As you heard, we have a very rousing episode of the podcast today. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get good. We start off swinging with these fucking crazy stories. My guest is uh, Buff Bagwell, and I think you're all going to enjoy that. So, first things first, welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm that motherfucker Joe to be. We're going to get right into it. Uh, it's been an interesting week. We finally got the grounds laid for the legendary smut bet laid down by the Married as Fuck podcast. If you don't know, go look them up. At Married AF on Twitter. They're the people that actually kind of set this whole thing up. So big shout out to them. Love you motherfuckers. And so we have this, this wonderful bet. Smut bet. Basically, what's going to happen is in the upcoming UFC fight between Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov, we have a gentleman's bet. I'm Team Conor. He's Team Khabib. At the end of the day, the loser will have to read one full scene of erotica porno. I have to read it to my own mother if I lose. Randall has to read it to his sister if he loses. So either way, nobody's coming out unscathed. And at the end of the day, it's going to be pretty awesome listening to Randall read smut porn to his sister. That's going to make me very happy, and I hope that he understands that. So, Team Connor, bitch. Also, recently we had a thing with this radio network called the Mole Hole Radio Network, and you know it went for a couple weeks, I guess, and just for some reason it wouldn't work. So that one kind of went away, but we were picked up by the Cave Creek Radio Network, CCR. Um, that's Daryl's network. The dude I had on a few episodes ago, if you didn't hear that one, go listen. It's crazy. Um, this episode is really fun, and it surprised me. I I think that Mark Bagwell may be one of the most interesting people <laughs> that I've ever met. It was my pleasure to have him on, and I really wish him nothing but the best. I hope the sky's the limit for you, motherfucker. Y'all take it easy and enjoy. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, try my Easy Life Rub or put some of my Boss Fix Jam in your breakfast. Try a little bit of... Thank you very much. A couple of songs from my new LP. Yeah, now. 
15 years on this lonely road I paid my own way, I carried my own load I never asked too much from no one I was much too proud All I ever wanted was to play my music for a sold-out crowd Sunday morning, Po' Boys Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a very special guest. It's been a few weeks in the making, but uh, everything finally clicked up and worked out. And my guest this morning is, I mean, a bit of a legend in in the the wrestling world. Uh, I've I've done a lot of research the last few weeks and I have found out some interesting goddamn stories but we're going to get into it today so please welcome my guest Mark Bagwell aka Buff Daddy what's up dude hey what's going on brother man I'm fucking a frog hair split four ways <laughs> we're sitting I here like I like it that's hard to beat man it's it's been an interesting weekend um, had to do some work yesterday I got to my yard it's just doing dad shit lately, and uh, it just so happened that everything worked out, and I'm getting to uh, have a nice conversation with you today, and uh, I don't know, man. It's it's a little surreal sitting here looking at that pretty face right now, because it's kind of... Dude, weird. I'm telling you, it's one thing that uh, gets thrown off a little bit with, with fan, fans and stuff is that we get to talking, and I'm, I'm a very, very genuine person. In other words, when people come up and talk to me, I'm... I genuinely talk back to them and they, and they, and they know that they know if you're genuinely talking to them or you're trying to brush them off or, and even through this podcast, people will hear my voice and know that, you know, that what I say, I've never had a person go, are you, are you telling the truth? Yeah. I mean, because just the way I deliver it, there's no way a, I can make the story up. I'm telling and B, the way I deliver it, it's just obviously, it's there's there's no doubt it happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I, I I find myself having just these craziest stories that I just I almost just don't even tell or try not to share until podcasts started coming out, and then I started sharing them, and people just went, "You've got to be kidding me, bro!" You know, so it's uh, everybody's got their story, and believe it or not, everybody's got an interesting story. 
Um, and I did find out that through my walk. Uh, but at the same time, some people's some people do have just a little bit more of a fucked up story. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I'm one of those guys. I do too. And it's weird to hear you say that, man. It's, it's, it's funny to try to, you don't want to sound like a one upper. You don't want to be that fucking guy. Who's no, always... I'm not trying to superstar. Nobody. I call it superstar. Right. I don't superstar nobody. If, if somebody runs me down for an autograph at Walmart, I stop and pull my Sharpie out of my bag and sign it perfect for them. I mean, I just, I just the way I am. It's, I'm not trying to superstar nobody, but it's just, it's been a ride, bro. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride from my parents being rich when I was young to going broke my senior year. I mean, they went broke my senior year. So what are we going to do? And I get into pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, what are you joking? I mean, you know, pro wrestling was off the map in the nineties. It was cool in the eighties and it kind of fell off at the beginning of the nineties there. And then we kind of just kind of hung with it till finally it was, we were rock stars, you know? I really, I truly believe that you were present in a time, the, the golden era of wrestling. And some people may disagree. I really oh. think that it was, I mean, the, the numbers don't fucking lie. It was the heyday no. of professional wrestling in the sweet spot where you were at, man. Now, I know you had to go through some dog shit gimmicks to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. The ha- I mean, Steve, Steve Austin, when I did his, he said... He goes, we take the best-looking guy in the company and we put a fucking mask on him. It's so funny to me. Why, <laughs> why, do, we put a, why do we cover up the only good-looking guy we got? The motherfucker's got a nice face. What do we do? Yeah, here? let's at least uncover his, And of all things, it was a flippy, floppy, long ranger mask. It wasn't even a good tied mask like you see on Mr. Wrestling number one or whatever. It was just a flimsy little, you know, eye goggle thing. And I was like, anybody could just rip that off. But, but believe it or not, to this day, I hear Handsome Stranger a lot. Really? And people look back on it and they kind of like that gimmick. I hated it. I was embarrassed about it. Uh, but when you're told to do something in a position when you're trying to make it, you do it, you know. And uh, they had, I mean, they had 12, they had a dozen red roses for me to go out to every show that I hand, hand out to women and doing the, the you know, the, the, the handsome stranger gimmick with the, with the tails and the tuxedo thing. It was kind of a, you know, stripper, wrestler, secret with the mask, you know, yeah. thing. And... And I, I didn't really get it, but I just did it because I was young and needed a job. <laughs> See, I don't think I've ever actually seen that persona on TV. Was that like just an opening yeah, thing? Or? Yeah. Oh, dude, we had a big run with it to the point where we thought we were going to be the third company. We were, it was called Global Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. And we were on ESPN on Fridays at four o'clock, brother. GWF. I feel like they might have. Maybe That's it's a pretty Golden good Force. time zone, you know. I mean, for ESPN, hmm. and this is back when ESPN wasn't near what it is now. But still, it was still TV. It was ESPN TV, and we were on a Friday clock, Friday at four o'clock spot, which was great. It lasted three months, and it was over. That's crazy. So, right, the tail, right, right. The tail end of that is when WCW called me for a trial with them. So was that when it was? It was already WCW by then. Yeah, it wasn't WCCW or Mid South or NWA or any of that shit. It actually had okay. No, but really, when I was handsome stranger there during that two or three months was really during the time 
the Crockett's and a guy named uh, Jim Hurd and the Crockett's, they kind of owned it. Right. And then they sold it to Ted. Okay. And that's why a lot of guys live in North Carolina, like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and all that, because they based out of North Carolina. When they sold it to Ted, of course, guys started basing out of Atlanta. Well, I lived in Atlanta. Right. So that made it very easy. I lived in the town that my boss signs my checks in, you know. That's, that's always a good um, way to start. <laughs> yes. It's not, yeah. So all the, all the boys moved here. And when they did move here, they go, who in the fuck are you not related to, went to school with, dated, or fistful? And I go, oh my God, dude! I said, y'all gonna get, I said, y'all get ready to hear it all. I said, I came from a rich family, which automatically that's that stirs the shit. Yeah. And then if you happen to be a little bit good looking and you're rich, then you're stirring shit the wrong way. And like I tell guys on when I do these podcasts, I said, look, I said, we call a heat in wrestling. I oh, said, yeah. but in Marietta, Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, which we say Marietta, in Marietta, Georgia, heat was just fucking jealousy we were rich good looking and we were athletes and we almost hated ourselves we were so cool (laughs) so you know it was this instant heat as we call it in wrestling and they try to change the word of it it's the same motherfucking meaning brother it's jealousy yeah when you walk into a room people notice and they either like it or they don't (laughs) and and it's pretty quick it's pretty quick with with me and my folk my whole family's like that you either my mom Somebody will say, hey, I saw your mom at the store the other day, and I say, I'm sorry. And they go, what do you mean? We love her. I go, well, I said, I just, she's the craziest bitch on the face of this planet. I just want to make sure I didn't know, you know, because yeah, you love my mom in 10 seconds or you hate my mom in 10 seconds. That's right. She's she's Ric Flair personified. <laughs> oh, yeah, she is. But she is one of the boys, really. She really is. I and mean, even when she was at WCW with us. She didn't dress in there with the Nitro girls and shit. She hung out with us and Goldberg and Rick Steiner. She hung out with all the boys. Oh, she ran a she ran a lumber company, a woman, in the seventies when the word computer wasn't even made up yet. The word computer wasn't even a word yet, and she ran a multi a million dollar a month lumber company with two hundred and eight men employees, and she was a woman. Oh, so she knows in the, that. in the 70s, bro. So these truck drivers would pull in and they got told to shut the fuck up and get over there oh, by Miss, this woman. Oh, Miss Judy. And they were, put them in line. And they were, <laughs> yeah. And they were like, whoa, yes, ma'am. And so everybody learned pretty quick. You just didn't fuck with Judy. I you know, you so it, she really is a hard ass. And she raised three boys and four, four, including my dad. So she's boy, 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 boy. And like if my wife was to call up and go. Your, your your son hit me today. He punched me in the face. My mom would go, well, "What did you What did you do wrong? Yeah, what did you do? Because <laughs> he, yeah, do? he doesn't usually he doesn't usually punch knows. people. If I hit her. I, then she by God did something. I just didn't hit her. Right. Like, so my mom's him. old school like that. She's like, "Hey, look, if you got hit by my son, there's probably a fucking good reason." Can I tell you a funny not, story? That not that, that not that not that that's ever happened. <laughs> okay, this is this is actually really funny. So our good friend Randall Fowler, uh, the the guy that set us up here today. Uh, I love. Him. I I'm starting to really enjoy Randall. Like I've only known him for a few months, but just his his he's a really nice fucking guy, and he is he is so, ride so, so genuine. He is fucking ride or die to the point, also to a fault, I think. 
So did you see what happened on uh, on Twitter? Did you happen to hear anything about the the incident with Randall? <laughs> I didn't. <coughs> I okay. didn't. So check this out. Um, I've known that you were trying to just get around and, and try to get your your story back up. You know, I'm. It's a travesty that you're not kind of in the 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 light right now, man. You're in great shape. You look good. It's, you. It's, it's, crazy. it's really crazy. Yeah. So I agree, and I've been trying too to to get your name out there to find places where you might fit in, right? So oh. I found this this show I listened to out of New York City. Uh, there's a whole company and everything behind it. These are guys that are. Uh, they're very offensive because they they're unedited and raw content. But I tried to plug you in with these guys, so I text, uh, I tweeted at one of the guys, and I said, "Hey, I, I might know somebody that knows somebody that could get you Buff Bagwell if you'd like, you know." And so the guy responds. Now he's a wrestling fan, okay? So he responds. He goes, yeah. "Oh, that'd be great. Actually, is Miss Judy available for comment too?" <laughs> So, I won't tell my mom that she'll love it. Oh, no, no. So he said, it's only if Miss Judy is available to talk to hashtag mom on a poll, right? So I, knew, so I knew exactly what he was talking about, right? Sure. Randall, right. <laughs> Randall, I don't think is as big of a wrestling fan, or he hasn't been privy to all the antics. He, he didn't quite, he thought, he, what, he thought she was a stripper or something? So here's what happened. For a brief <laughs> moment. Randall forgot that your mom's name is Judy. He thought he was talking about Miss Judy. <laughs> and like my wife Judy and thought maybe stripping pole or something. Yes. And so Randall That's very, fucking great. Very politely told this guy to go fuck himself. <laughs> he didn't say it like that. He said, Now this is a teachable moment. Since you guys seem like cool guys, I'm gonna give you the opportunity and take the benefit of the doubt. But what I will say is don't be a fucking asshole, and I bet you wouldn't say that shit to his face or mine. And I realize what's happening, and I'm like, no, Randall, that's not it. Oh, don't do it, because Randall is a – Randall, don't just uh, talk the talk. Randall walks the walks. He's a, he's a big, husky boy that will fist fight you or me right this second. He's I mean, a- there's – just and not even not even with his not even with his heart rate going up. Just like okay, well, let's, if we got to fight, let's fight. Randall Fowler you know I mean? is a goddamn he's vanilla tough. gorilla. He's tough. <laughs> he's a big. He's a, he is. He's an animal, bro. He's an animal. So what ended up happening is I had to DM him and I was just like, Randall, <laughs> I said, uh, he's talking about you know Miss Judy on a pole match. And Randall goes, That's cool. oh, shit, I didn't, bro, I didn't realize that. I thought he was talking about his wife. And I said, no, 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 That's, he's talking about Miss Judy, his mama. And so we, mama. nothing happened with it. You know, it all smoothed out. And the thing is, is Randall's picture is that goddamn picture they have of him sitting there with a puppy, like in his newspaper hat. And watch, it's it's a really funny picture. So I'm sure right. the guy knew, like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to piss you off. So everything's cool, and we might try to get some info out to New York. You might have to go in there. Yeah, let's try, let's try to redo that now that it was just a misunderstanding and get back out there with them. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, we smoothed everything over in that moment. Like, we got to the bottom of it, and I explained to the guy. I said, look, that's a buddy of his. Like, they work out and shit, and he thought you were talking about his wife. And he goes, oh, right. fuck, no, 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 that's not it. I said, I know, hey, it's cool. And, so and, 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 and let, me, let me blow your mind a little bit further with that. Uh, my wife and my mother's name are exactly the same. Judy Ann Bagwell. That's a little bit weird, buddy. 
They say you, you marry your, your uh, I, They say you marry your mom, motherfucker. Right. I guess I did. You always got to go 100%, don't you? Yeah, always 100 or 100 or zero, bro. It's all the way or none. I love it. And speaking of which, like that was something that we spoke about earlier. Um, 100 or nothing. I've heard some of your stories, and there's a few that have really kind of – I don't know if, if you haven't elaborated or if I just haven't heard the right thing, but – I heard that when when you were a young man, there was an incident in which you ended up uh, actually shooting your own father. <laughs> now I've heard a few of them Georgia tales, but I am curious. <laughs> like uh, uh, you did you didn't you didn't kill your dad, did you? <laughs> you, just, no, you just winged uh, him. <laughs> ver- verbatim, what went on is uh, in '88 when I graduated. My, my, I grew up from the from the age of five to eighteen. I was literally Richie Rich. I was I had every everything that would crank, run. I raced motocross. I had the the Odyssey four wheeler buggy thing. I mean anything that would crank and run that was expensive. I had, and then my brothers drove Corvettes and big jacked up trucks, and we were we were rednecks with money. Oh, like so it. we had the best of everything, jacked up Broncos, hideaway hide gun seats when we would shoot deer at night and hide the gun back. I mean, we, we were rich rednecks. We were dangerous because we were rednecks that were smart and rich. So that whole beautiful train of life and wonderful life that I, they gave uh, me and my brothers, that ended in 1988. And it just, it was no real calls. It was just, um, you know, the economy was bad kind of thing. And mom did a couple moves she shouldn't have made without telling dad. And then when dad finally saw the paperwork, he said, you know, because mom was the mom was the warrior to the business and dad was the brains. Right. And um, so they, and that's what made them a great team. And um, so they go in and once he saw the numbers, he said, close the door, yeah. close the doors over and she goes, no, 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 I can pull it out. I can pull it out. You know, well, she couldn't. She could, all she did was get us deeper and didn't pull us out. So now we're faced with three boys that they were already working at the lumber company. And I was getting ready to graduate and work for the lumber company. I graduated with a 1.8 grade point average, not because I'm dumb, because I didn't go. give a fuck. Yeah. I, I, I was all county in baseball, all county football all county and wrestling, um, all county and all state and all three of those sports. Right. But I did it just because it was fun to do. And I, I probably go to school about three days a week is all I went because I was smart enough to pass with C's and D's mm-hmm. and I'd be able to go deer hunting and drag racing with my dad. My dad is in the NHRA Hall of Fame, bro. My dad is in the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association Hall of Fame, bro. So he did. I mean, that, that alone, that alone is a big deal, you know. And I mean, he won the world a couple of times in the, in the division called Superstock. Okay. So there was a lot of things going on, and a lot of money getting thrown around. When you're making a million a month, you can do that, you know. But you know, after 17 years of doing that, there's just also it catches up to you, you know. And that it did with them. So my dad came to me and my two brothers and said, "Look, I got, you know." You know, this is what I got for y'all to try to work something out. And before we got to that stage, 
of course, things started getting ugly around the house. And right. and my other two brothers already were married and living out in their houses that, of course, my dad was paying for. But um, but they were already out. So I was the only one at home still. Right. And, and, and here's so all, of, cave, all of yeah. this caving in. Mm-hmm. And the company's name was Southeastern Building Supply. And all of this caving in that was going on. A lot of tension. Um, a lot of tension I, I was having to deal with it by myself. So I'd have to literally sit at the top of the steps at night and make sure dad wasn't, you know, ain't like dad's ever fist, you know, punched my mother or anything, but they, they fought like cats and dogs and all that shit. Yeah. And so, but here I am by myself. I don't got my big brother to go, you know, break him up or whatever and all that shit back in the old days. It's just me. And, but now I'm 18, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm got a little weight on, but I'm in the gym finally and all that stuff. So, uh, one day in the middle of, uh, this going completely under, uh, I, I hear downstairs and it's like the middle of the day too. Yeah. I hear this, this fight going on. So I run downstairs and not really realizing it. I really overpower my father, jerking my father off my dad, off my mom. Yeah. They were just kind of wrestling kind of, you know, just, just. Having a spat. Just kind of arguing, kind yeah, of arm to arm and kind of wrestling and, you know, and all that shit. And I grabbed him and just kind of threw him. And, and it shocked him so bad. I saw the look in his eye and he just went straight for where there was three guns on top of a refrigerator from the time I was five to the time I was 18. There was three guns on top of the refrigerator at any at all times, there was those three guns. Well, I've seen it. Your gun, your, your refrigerator guns. I've seen those. You just leave the yeah, pistol up on top. Refrigerator with, guns. Put up where the kids can't get it. Mind, we're, in a, we're in a house. We're in a house full of three hundred rifles. Two hundred have never even been shot. My dad was a gun freak. Right. Uh, probably eighty pistols. And he was also was a knife freak too, so we had cases of knives and stuff. But he was a real freak about guns, and we had to once a year wipe them down with WD forty and all that shit, you know. Cleaning. Day. So he kept every kept the boxes to all the guns, which that's a big deal. And with guns, is keeping the box. And so um, one day, uh, this had built up to where everybody was kind of fed up. Mm-hmm. Everybody was just, you know. God, I'm just tired. We're tired, we're tired of arguing about it. We're tired of talking about it, blah, blah, blah. Well, he bolts for that gun, and I know what he's going after. And uh, he comes back and puts a gun right in my face, and he says, uh, he said, come on, big man, what you got? Come on. And I said, Dad. I mean, it wasn't even like a, you know, oh, God, you know, put the gun down. If it was, I'd say it that way, but it yeah. just wasn't. I was just. I was fed up. I, I was done. You probably knew at that so moment said, yeah. that he probably wouldn't sh- like shoot you in the fucking face in the kitchen. I mean, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like I was scared he was going to squeeze the trigger, but you, you're, at the same time, your dad's got a gun pointed at you. No, and, no, I get it. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a little fucked up, but still, I, it wasn't like I was scared bow, pow was going to happen. Right. So uh, so I said, uh, I said, Dad, I said, you put that fucking gun down. I said, I'll beat your fucking brains out. And he, and he said, he goes, no, 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 no. He said, I want to see how bad you are right now. Come on, big man, because I'm older than you. Come on, see what you got. So I just said, Dad, look. I said, this is ridiculous. I said, you're going to end up killing one of us, going to prison for the rest of your life, and it's just stupid. Let's just stop. About that time, when I was trying to get things quelled down, just how life works, the damn doorbell rings. Oh, man. Nobody, nobody rang the Bagel's house. My driveway 
when I was growing up that from that from five to 18, that 13 years, my driveway was about 200 yards long. So nobody yeah. pulled up the driveway. And if they did, they better know us. And if they didn't, they'd probably get riddled with a, a, a automatic weapon in the side of the car. It's not normal. So it's like putting pause. They didn't <laughs> fuck with the back ones. They just didn't <laughs> fuck with us because they just knew you're going to cause a cause a cause a fight. Absolutely. So 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 all of a sudden, ding dong happens, and it's the actual not Jim Carrey, but it was the cable guy to come fix our cable. <laughs> so uh, he, my mom goes outside. She's crying. She's trying to smooth it over. And he kind of turned his back for a second. So I kind of went after him. And when I did, he you know, turned around with a gun again. He goes, oh, oh. He goes, come on, big man, come on. And I was just like, Dad, whatever, man. I, he goes, get outside. Get all the keys out of the cars. He yeah. goes, those are all my fucking cars. Uh, he said, keep in mind, this is no drugs, no alcohol. It's about nine o'clock in the morning and zero, nothing to blame on except a guy is losing his money and he's going broke. That's a heavy, that's and a big fucking that's weight, it. man. Jesus, I can't imagine if no, you're making. No, no, no table of cocaine and drinking and partying. Mm -hmm. None of that was happening. It was just life was happening and it sucked so um because uh, we knew we were we were going to go down and uh so i went outside to get the keys and everything well as i'm doing that mom is trying to leave but she was blocked in by my dad's car right so she was trying to you know you know get around his car and before she could she she knew if she could get out of there that me and him would probably work it out and everything would be fine. Right. So she kind of got started getting out of there. He walks out with the, and my biggest pet peeve is to not embarrass me. Right. Pull me to the side, cuss me out, pull me to the side, dog me out, do whatever you want, but don't embarrass me in front of somebody. That's my biggest pet peeve. Well, it's rude. <laughs> and, 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 uh, so comes out, shoots the two tires out on the left side, the front and the back, boom, boom, on an S10 pickup truck we had, just a run-around truck we had at our house. And um, the window was about halfway up, and I, I instantly look over at the cable guy, and the cable guy is looking like, Oh, shit. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> This guy just shot a gun at his wife's tires and blew him out. I mean, you know, that's just not something everybody yeah. sees every day, if anybody's ever seen. I tell you what, I'm going to so, come back, guys. You guys go ahead and handle that. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah, a lunch. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to go get some lunch. And uh, yeah, so I'm watching his expression. And his expression, you know, it pisses me off at first. And then when I look back, Dad is dragging my mom through a half open window. Right. Uh, that's a problem. And at 18 years old, yeah, I didn't know problem. this was possible. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this was possible, but I had a complete blackout. Like out of body and I experience. Didn't, I didn't know you could <laughs> even do that drug free, but I had a blackout at 18 and never had a drug or a, or a, a drink of alcohol in my life. So I don't know what medically happened, but I blacked out yeah. and ran right by those three guns on the refrigerator and we had a 5,000 square foot ranch. Okay. So I ran all the way back to my dead past three guns. That was about 
20 yards away and went all the way 5,000 square feet away to get one of Dead's guns out of his closet. Come back outside. Now he's at his truck and he's got his door, he's got his arm on the door handle. And my and the gun is below the shrubs where he can't see the gun. Right. And I go, I go, hey. And he looks up, looks at me, and he goes, What? And I go, You wanna because he always used the word pop caps. You wanna pop some fucking caps? You know, that's what he would say. Right. And I I said, uh, hey, you wanna pop some fucking caps? And he was like, What? He kind of threw him off a little bit, and I just pulled the gun up. And this next part of the story is so true that it makes me feel funny inside because it's just a a weird thing that went on inside of me. But it took me personally, it felt like about five minutes to shoot five rounds with a thirty eight revolver. Not an automatic, a revolver. So that's a you know, click. Right. Click. You know, five click you mm-hmm. know, not the hammer back boom, hammer back just click, click. That's pretty hard to do five, you know, and it take a minute, you know, it's a long time. So I pulled the gun up and it went, everything went in a complete slow motion. And I said, I said, just in my mind, I go, just blow the windshield out. Yeah. So it was like, boom. And I missed the windshield because, you know, it's just about about a 50 yard shot. And people don't realize how hard it is to shoot something with a pistol. It's not easy. No. And, and, you know, I said, just shoot the windshield out. Boom. And then windshield again, boom, missed it three times in a row. And then he said, and then I said, just kill him. For some reason in my head, it just said, fuck it, man. Just, just kill him. Cause you know where this is going next. You know what I mean? You, he shot it at your mom's car, whipped her out of fucking the truck. Oh yeah. You're blowing holes in his goddamn. We're we're getting ready ready to be the okay corral. Right. This is fit to be a Kentucky death match. Motherfucker. Like ain't nobody leaving tonight. No doubt about it. No doubt. So I then put the gun on him, shoot the last two. And the one he had on the door handle hit him in the arm. And to this day, he's got plates and screws in his arm. Because the gun I grabbed had these special bullets that were police explode type bullets had blue caps on them that he specially bought, you know, like shredders or whatever. But these back in the old days were like top of the line bullets. And I happened to grab the gun that had them in me, just had bought them. So as soon as I hit him, of course, he does the dodge behind the back of the truck. Yeah. And my house. I fucking instantly went to get my 45 automatic. So I go upstairs and now I'm talking out of my complete, I'm talking out of my mind. I'm like, come on, motherfucker. You want to fuck with me? Come yeah, on, let's do whole, it. Let's, like, come on, let's do it. You know, I'm loading clips, putting one in the shell, <laughs> grabbing two extra clips. My best friend is, is in the bathtub rocking back and forth of what's going on. It's just, it's just, that's how crazy it is. It's just so nuts. He just went and he had in the bathtub and was rocking. And I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember even asking him if he was okay. Cause I was just in my zone of, of let's fight and, you know, gunfight. Yeah. We and, fight with uh, guns. Motherfucker. <laughs> somebody's, going, somebody's going down fight. And so I come back downstairs, my 45 automatic two two extra clips in my shorts. I got my shoes on now. I'm ready to go. Somebody's knocking at the door, and I don't know why I didn't look out first, you know, but I just opened the door with my gun, and it was my mom. And she goes, 
you shot your father. And I went, you crazy fucking bitch. I said, yeah, I shot my fucking father because he was trying to fucking kill you and me. Yeah. And so and so she was crying and trying to fix everything. Keep it in mind, this cable guy seen it all. Yeah, yeah. I watched him. I got a visual of him. God. And that and that minute long thing that happened. Yeah. I remember watching him look over at me and in slow motion take off running and dove into the back of his van because where I was shooting was directly at him in his van. Right. So he dove in the back of the van trying to get out of this damn thing. Wonder how the hell he got into this mess. And uh, I went on and called my brother, and my brother goes, Bagwell Drywall. And I said, hey, you need to get over here. I shot dead. He goes, you did what? What? <laughs> Just get over here, dude. I shot dead. It wasn't too crazy, but even in our family, that was, you know, you shot your dad. That's a pretty fucking big deal. And so they get over there and I go upstairs and kind of hide. And of course the police show up and all that. And by this time, now you got two other bagels there. My mom's there. You got my dad there. And, and my dad's telling the Cobb County police that, you know, look, we just, um, I was cleaning my gun and shot myself on accident. And that's all that happened. And, uh, um, I'm waiting, I'm listening upstairs for everything, you know, and uh, um, so then as they kept talking, my one of my brothers cussed a couple of times, like, well, it ain't that big a fucking deal. He shot himself, and the cop goes, uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Bagwell, watch your language. And as soon as he said that, he had four Bagwells going, yeah. listen, you ox-sucking yeah. motherfucking pig, yeah. get out of our fucking house. You ain't got a right to be here. There's been no warrant. There's no charges. There's nobody filing anything. Get the fuck out. Get, matter of fact, get off our property now. Right now. now yeah. If you told people that, they probably wouldn't believe you, but that's the facts. That's, they don't have no right to be on your grounds because we're not, we didn't, we're, we didn't call them. And they have the right to come out and check it if they want, but if they're asked to leave, they've got to leave because there's no, there's nobody filing a complaint. Right. So it's just a funny. They get up in a big brawl. They leave, and Dad goes, you know, to the hospital and all that stuff. And um, and uh, so uh, my I go live with my brother, you know, for a little while. And he, they even looked at me a little bit funny for a little while. You know, they were like, you know, uh, you know, I could just see in their eyes, like, you know, they knew that Dad was crazy and Dad not crazy, but Dad was a badass and. He would, you know, shoot you if he had to and all that. But still, for me to do what I did at 16 or, or I was always 17 or 18, but, yeah. you know, still was a pretty big deal, you know. And um, uh, so about a, a week into it, mom just kept begging me, begging me, please call your dad. Please call your dad. And I said, mom, I ain't got nothing to say. I did everything I thought was right. I ain't calling him. I'm not doing it. And so she finally talks me into calling him. I call him up. And I go, hey, man, what's going on? And he goes, what the fuck you think's going on? I'm, 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 I'm sitting here in the fucking hospital bed. And I said, well, Dad, I'm, you know, and I said, he goes, no, I said, I'm sorry about that. Da, da, da. Click. Hangs up on me. So I called mom back. And I said, look, I tried to call him. And he didn't want to talk. I'll never call him again. Yeah, that's don't it. Ask me, don't, don't ask me to call him again because I'm never going to call him again anyway. 
I said, and I said, so just, you know, just, it's, it's I'm not going to do it. So about two weeks go by, he calls me and says that, he said that, look, he said, uh, what you did was exactly how I raised you. Um, it's exactly how, you know, I would have wanted you to handle it. It's totally my fault. You know, come back home when you want. And I, I waited another week or so and came on back home. And to this day, me and my father are best friends. See, I would have been a little suspicious at first. I'd have been like, I t- I'm going to hang out here for just a little bit, actually. So you don't blow me up in my sleep, you cocksucker. But well, and it was. It was a little funky. I mean, I slept with the door locked. I was going to say, you're there taking a, shit, taking a shit with a cinder block against the door just to give it a split uh, second. Yeah, I, I, I did all of that for sure. And it, you know, if I tossed him the remote or something, he'd always like, oh, 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 oh. You know, like like it hurt him catching the remote. Uh, and I just it was a matter of time before it blew up, you know, again. And one day he goes, how long before you can be out of here? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, how long before? It was me and my first wife at the time, but we were just dating. Yeah. He said, how long before you can be out of here? I said, I can be out here in five fucking minutes. Yeah, give me 10. I, I need to get the truck to the front door. But <laughs> all I got to do is pack my shit and get out. I said, I've got your house in no time at all. So I went upstairs and started packing all my clothes and luggage. He came upstairs and threw a bunch of garbage bags down and goes, that luggage is mine. Oh. He said, Here, here's your luggage. So I said, no yeah. problem. Cool. So I started packing all my shit and back and you know, garbage bags and all that. And uh, we, well, I mean, we left, went and got an apartment. Uh, my first wife's parents, uh, Tanya's parents, they were very wealthy also. They got us an apartment, got us our first round of groceries and all that stuff. And then that's when reality set in and it was time to buckle down to try to do something in life, you know? It's tough, man. It's hard to be at that yeah. point. <laughs> the story back to the minute-long shot, taking a minute, my father, when it first happened, once we talked later on about all this, he said that he knew for a fact it was my 45 automatic that I shot at him because I squeezed the bullets off so fast. So like a 1911, like a 45, pow, pow, pow. And in my mind, remember, it was a minute long in my head. Pow, hit the windshield, pow, you know, just kill him, pow. I mean, like a minute long. He said, Mark, it was just, it was over. Yeah. I was like, God, you're kidding. I goes, no. And to this day, my dad still got the gun with the empty shell uh, shell casings in them. He's never touched it since. I mean, it's a pretty good reminder. You know, it's it's a real fucking, that's a real story and a real memory, man. I can't. It is. And see, you're, you're full of them. That's the thing. Like, I don't understand. It's. Um, I know. So I didn't want to get on wrestling too much because, I mean, everybody gets to hear wrestling stories, and I've heard just about every interview you've done in the last year. So sure. I, I've I've been over some of the, the stories about how everything, and you got fucked in, in when you came over in the invasion, and that, I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah. I heard something the other day. You were talking about the, the raw from hell, obviously, the, the really – Y'all, y'all really didn't have a shot, and I, I agree that I think no. that was a move from Vince to to finally put the nail in the coffin to sink the rest sure. of the boat. 
And, you know, they could have waited, what, a month, not even? Because you guys had a show somewhere in the South uh, shortly after. Like, hey, ugh, hey. Fuck. A week, a week. One week, yeah. It was something stupid. And we wrestled in Tacoma, Washington for the first time ever as a WC, as a WWF crowd. And that's what it was at the time, WWF. And everybody the stayed WWF in the back. <laughs> crowd in Tacoma, or we can wait a week. And put Booker T and Buff Bagwell at Phillips Arena and the place go crazy. Instead of waiting a week for the invasion and fucking Ted Turner in his backyard, they do it a week before. So we're back, me and Booker know, but we're we're like confused. We're whispering with our hands on our face like, first of all, why are we main event, dude? And secondly, what? Why are we, you know, doing this when we got Atlanta next week, you know? But Jake, you can't go ask the, the... the your bosses that you just go with it right yeah so that's when all it's the, real, the it's misunderstandings real came crazy, down man. to that was then i went into um I, I wrestled with 20 stitches in my head that they didn't even know about because i used my own doctor because i had a fight with shane hounds at school and he hit me in the back of the head with a water bottle that was frozen Oh shit! And after I after I slapped after I hit him, he hit me back with that, caused twenty stitches. So when I wrestled Booker T, I had twenty to twenty five stitches. They had to cauterize my head because your head bleeds real easily. Yeah, you got to get in there. So I wrestled that without going to them, without using their doctors. I used my doctors. I didn't cause. I just I just walking on eggshells trying to make it. Right. And so during that week, from Tacoma to Atlanta, um. Jim Rawls calls me and he says, listen, he goes, I want you, we want you to take the rest of the week off, relax. We know your head's hurt and just, you know, uh, we got really, really big plans for you on, on Monday. Yeah. And the big plans were I was fired. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was one part where you mentioned that I guess right at gorilla position that Shane actually said, Hey, don't look at the cameras. Like we don't do that here or some shit like that. I don't. I don't know why uh, that I went out second because Booker had two belts. Yeah. He was like the WCW belt on one shoulder, a tag team and he had like maybe? a tag belt maybe on the other shoulder or something. But he had two belts when you saw coming up next history in the making, the invasion. I mean, all, all that stuff, and, and he's got the two belts, and I'm you know the, the little pose off thing before yeah. they go to commercial break. And, uh, but when we come up, Booker came out first. So I'm getting ready to go out and everything. My music starts. I'm doing my fucking, you know, my regiment, getting my head straight and everything. And just Shane Man grabs both my shoulders. Shane does. Yeah. And he goes, no matter what you do, don't look in the camera. And I go, Shane, that's all I do. Yeah. I said, I look in the camera and I pose. That's, that's, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a decent worker that, but I also, that's what I do. That's my gimmick. That's what makes me different. He goes, we don't do that here. Right. So if you ever watch that back, watch how it's such a unbuff-like entrance. No, it looked I come like, it out, looked like a... dance, The pyro goes off, but then I, I'm having to like point and do other actions that I normally don't have to do. So I just wasn't myself. I normally go down to the knee on the ramp and bring the camera in close yeah. and talk to the camera and all that. I, I was told not to do it literally with my music playing. 
back walking on eggshells, I did what he told me. And we're getting booed at the same time. I ain't never been booed in, 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 in 11 years at this stage. Right. So Booker got booed. Every, I got booed. Everybody got Shane booed that night, booed. man. Yeah. Stacey Keeper got booed. Everybody got booed. They, they and, then, uh, and then we go out and don't have a – I've watched it back, and whoever says it's not a good match is retarded. It wasn't a great match, but it was by no means a bad match. We did not miss one spot. We didn't look stupid. We didn't trip. We didn't stumble. No, we had a basic average match. Right. But nothing to get all up in arms about, you know, nothing to fire somebody over, especially when you got Buff Bagwell. This gave you 11 years of six world tag team titles. Obviously, he must know what he's doing a little bit. And you got Booker T holding two belts. Right. And me and Booker wrestled 10,000 times at that stage. So, you know, we, me and Booker were real good chemistry. We loved working each other and all that. But that night we were just a little bit step off of the booze and don't look in the camera and all that shit. Well, it's hostile. And, uh, <laughs> it's a hostile work yeah, environment, man. <laughs> it really, it really was. And so, but I tried to do the right thing and all that. And then that's when, that's why I blame you. I, I, I've never dogged anybody in this business ever, ever dogged them to the point of like, you know, disliking them or hating I've never said a word bad about Eric Bischoff, Vince McMahon, Johnny Ace, ain't nobody. Right. But Jim Ross, if he died, if during this podcast, if we found out Jim Ross died, I would start clapping. Yeah. I, I think it really it was a hundred percent his fault. And the catch is he tried to act like he was just doing his job. And if that was so I would have no problems to let, I'd have to let it go and all that. The problem is on video and I've got it. Yeah. There was a three disc tape come out, DVD disc. And he rips me apart. Yeah. I've heard it. Talking about my mom calling. It was Michael PSAs, Mike Graham, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, and somebody else was on the panel. And he just ripped my ass apart. Yeah, it's not good. But then when Stone Cold pushed him, because him and Stone Cold are friends. Right. So when I told my whole story to Stone Cold, was the only way to tell the truth. You know, I did. But at the same time, Stone Cold, uh, he didn't push. He didn't push Jim enough because he was like, well, "Well, Mark said this thing." He goes, "He goes, I like Mark." Yeah. And so right there, it's over because he didn't like me. He would not have said all those things he said about the panel if he liked me. So it was much more than him just doing his job. You know, he was part of, you know, getting me the hell out of there and cost me, without exaggeration, millions of dollars, bro. I was 31 years old and I'm Buff Bagwell. And the top five bodies in the in the and the business. No, no, no. You were stacked up, bro. Like that's that's the hard part to understand. Is exactly. I mean, I mean just bring me in and beat me every week, but still have me on your TV. I mean, it's a plus for you. You own us. The one thing that I, the one thing I will say is until I heard you you mention the incident with Shane, I guess I'd never really paid attention to it. So I've got the network and I've been watching a lot of like Raws. I just I'll go back to back in the day and I'll just start watching Raw. And to be completely honest with you, it's strange now that I go back and look, they don't really play to the cameras. 
It, it's, no, 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 no. It's really they weird. Don't. They, they, they don't. The, the it rock, is a known thing. The Rock that was they one don't of the first do people and, and to start doing it. And it's WC, really weird. WCW begged me to oh, stop Oh, yeah. It. Well, if you look at the difference between the two, like when you would come out. Dude, I, I've seen a lot of this recently. Your music would hit. You'd come out. They got a camera guy on the stage. For when sure. you walk behind the curtain or the box or the slidey, whatever the fuck it is, you come out, there's a camera right in sure. your face. And you get to mean mug it. You can right. grab the camera guy and go, what's up, baby? You fucking pose. I've got tw- I got 20 million right here where I can I can try to talk to 20 or 40,000 40, way out there. Yeah. I went for that 20 million right here, and I would say shit that was true and was funny. Like, I'd say shit like, do you think I just woke up? And look like this this morning, right? I said, "There's a fucking." I said, "There's a fucking plan to look like this." <laughs> it's hard you work. Know, I, I say shit <laughs> like that. You know, I didn't write that down. I didn't plan it. Yeah, I just said it. But they would try to get me to stop saying it. Well, all the suits at WCW came down and go, "You let that boy over there do whatever the hell he wants to do. We we like it." So they allowed me to do it there, but still it was like kind of like a movie at the WWF. They didn't want you to act like there's a camera there. You're to act like you're shooting a movie and you're talking to the people, but no camera talk, you know. So it was something they did, but it's also something that I didn't do. They hired me. That was, you know, that and, was and definitely, not, not just that. Uh, Why wait to the last second to tell me? That's, you know? It's really fucked up that they did that. It was something that should have been either said when you got there or something that somebody should have at least bumped you. Pat- I was on Raw. Right. Can you imagine when I was going to come out and say? Yeah. I was going to come out and go, look, I made it. Look, Mom yeah. and Dad. Hey. I made it on Monday Night Raw. I'm bumping. I'm, the, yeah. I'm the, I'd have gone on and on. They didn't and when you. he said that, I just went, mm-hmm. yeah. like, what do I do now? So I went out and just did what I was told to do, and then it came out average at best. Well, they fucked the finish, and too. They I heard to, that they story. Try to, they tried to blame that. They tried to blame our match on, you know, us not making it, which is a bunch of horseshit. Right. The whole thing was fucked, and it's just, it sucks it to, to see it from afar now as a person who wasn't that's, involved that, in it. That's shoot my dad's story. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I want to talk about uh, drugs and pussy. Do you want to pick one, or you want to just jump into that one? You, you just go where you go where you want to go. Okay. So, I know that there are guys in the industry who are, like, legendary for uh, their use, right? I know yes. that, that it, it's tightened up quite a bit with the... Uh, the the full blown professionals, but I'm sure with the indie circuits and stuff like that, there's going to be still a lot of it. You know, people getting by. I've heard somebody very early say that, you know, when you get thrown in the rookie pool, uh, somebody will just tell you, say, hey, if you've got drugs, you fucking share them. <laughs> he said because that's oh, how yeah, you get in. How? Okay. Now, I know now you don't you don't fuck with a lot more than you're supposed to. So did you ever have a point where you were really deep off into it? You know, with with drugs, with painkillers and stuff like that, or were you more just like uh, I pussy? Mean, and, when and I look, when I look back on it. Not, I don't think that kind of deep, like you know, no needles. Yeah, nothing like that. But I mean, I don't. I didn't. I'm sure there was wrestlers that were doing needles, but we didn't do that. But oh, we shit. did have a regiment. You fucking ran but with our a... regiment. Our regiment was no matter what, we still looked like a million dollars. Anytime you get a drug addict of some sort. 
How does what happens to their body? They get a little off. <laughs> it, it they get a little way. off and they start looking a little worse. Well, mm-hmm. it's hard when you're a drug addict and there's people trying to talk to you and you look like a million dollars. That's a little tough. Right. You no, know, because here, how, how can you, you know, argue with this guy that's got a million dollar house, $85,000 car. He looks like a Greek God. Must be and he's making a million dollars right. a year. Yeah. That, that's just, that's, you know, what do we do? Even my parents were like, I, we want to get on to him, but I, how do you? Yeah, he's paying I mean, the fucking bills. House is office, <laughs> his oil's changing all of his cars. He keeps everything together. He's done everything perfect. And then, so, but drugs were, were um, very, very mild at first. Yeah. And then the we, more we worked, it, it, it started going to more pain pills, more somas, more muscle relaxers, you know, and then more alcohol and all that. But then, but still, we kept it majorly under control. Yeah. And then uh, after about five years, about four years of really doing it right, which was up, bust your ass in the gym. And after the gym, you knew you had your reward to get a buzz. Right. Then you went and ate lunch and then you went to work. And then that night after work, get you, you some. Yeah. Got. A buzz again. Tuna. So we had two what we call what we call two parties a day. Right. And um and and that kept us going and kept us in shape. It gave an incentive to go to the gym and make us work out hard because we wanted that empty stomach to get that good buzz. And a pill head drug addict knows how important it is to have an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When so you're it gets you, you, when you fast. When you smoke pot, you don't need that. When you're, you know, I mean, food does mess up anything in the drug world a little bit. Right. But it completely blows the pill thing because you've got to have empty stomach. Right. So where you time out your pills and drinking and partying and still look like buff bag one Lex Luger, <laughs> that's hard to do. you got to get your meals in, but when do you get them in and get your party in? Right. So, but we had it all scheduled out, Coors in the background, I mean, in the backseat of the Cadillac, Miss Elizabeth behind me, Lex was driving, I'm in the passenger, and we just, we just knew how to do it. Yeah. And then, of course, as usual, after about four years, it went from after the show to, you know, during the show right. to, <laughs> to the, in the right bathroom before the show to right, right out of the bed. <laughs> you and know, then, then, then it started getting ugly. Yeah. Well, see, I know that you, uh, I believe you crossed paths at one point with Dale Wilkes. Did you not? Were you guys like, were you tag team? Oh my God. Me and Dale Wilkes are two time. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard Dale's story and, and man, <laughs> that, that boy. Yeah. I'm so not, surprised. Not, Ninety Lord tabs a day with a Diet Coke. Just eating them like how Skittles. Do do how do you even fucking do that, bro? Eating them and like he goes, Skittles. He's mine. I love Dell Wills. He's my one too. of my best friends. He's amazing. He goes, I took fifteen at a time. I threw him in my mouth. I chewed. He wasn't a drinker. Yeah. He said, I threw him in my mouth, chewed him up, and chased him out with Diet Coke. I go, but at that stage, wasn't you thinking? I mean, 90 a day, how are you going to keep the scripts up and all that? And he goes, we had a, 
We had a script pad. They yeah, had, I had a script oh, pad man. that he did. He did eight months in prison over. I've heard his story, and they slapped, they slapped him on the hand a couple of times, and finally he did eight months. I'd love to talk to him uh, about it, man. That's so crazy. Like to, to get that. One of the nicest, nicest guys to this day. You call him. There's nothing but love and tears almost. Yeah. Mentioned my name to him, and vice versa. When I mentioned, you know, my name the other way. We were just great, great friends, and and had a great, great partnership, and and um, it just uh, I was unbelievable. This you know on finding gyms and you know eating places to eat and all that because I was the driver of the car, and um, and to, to this day he even jokes about it on certain podcasts that it just always blew his mind. Keep in mind, no GPS, no right. cell phones. And I remember where all the gyms were in the cities because I was going to stay in shape and be buff Bagwell, you know. So when people come up to me and they pull that old, well, you know, I travel, so it's a little bit hard for me to stay in shape. I'm like, hey, (laughs) you're talking to the wrong person, bro. (laughs) I said I was buff Bagwell and lived on the road for 300 days a year. That's so crazy, man. Like. I, I, one thing, then I'll wrap up. For those of you who might not know, because Buff, I'm gonna Mark, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I spoke to somebody about you coming on my show, and he's a younger guy. Uh, shout out to old Bobby, uh, 24. Okay, so he's I'm 31, so he's a few years younger than me. Um, he had to Google you, and I said, Yeah, sure, sure. Anybody uh, under 30ish, right? Almost has. We have to dig, dig me up a little bit. So, and that's for those of you who don't know, Dale Wilkes was the Patriot. Um, you can look him up. Yes. Great, great look. The original Patriot. He will tell you the story of eating fucking Vicodin and and Soma. And this guy was a fucking terror. But at the same time, like when I've heard his story about, I guess when he decided to to change up the the airport story. Have you heard the airport story where he asked? Oh, him, I have. So he tells a story about he's getting ready to leave. Him and his wife at the time were on the rocks. They had just ran and picked up some drugs. Like it was the whole regiment, right? So they're oh, going, yeah. They're going to the airport, and he's telling her, you know, that he's just got to get to wherever the fuck he's got to go. And then when he gets back, they're going to, you know, whatever. And she says, well, I'm done with this. This is fucking ridiculous. And, you know, we, we can't live like this anymore. You know, you're going to fucking die and all this. So they, he said he pulls up in the, the airport little drop-off zone, you know puts the shit in park and i guess he's got to take his shot but he he says i can't do it you know really i can't see i need you to do it and she goes i'm not fucking sticking you with this shit you know you're crazy and blah 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 and so he said he sits there and he pulls his butt out and he gives himself a shot but he hit some kind of an art he hit something that he wasn't supposed to and blood shot across the dashboard got a little bit on her and she started screaming and she was just like i'm fucking leaving this is ridiculous you're out of your mind and he said i just remember sitting there going man what's she by any chance remember her name and it being Teresa? it might have been and the end of the the punchline was he told that whole story and then he said well what's she all mad about (laughs) like yeah yeah. so just a little blood right no big deal no big deal it it made me laugh so fucking hard but there's stories like that it's just it's just how we looked at it we just we were one thing people don't realize big man is we don't have an off season right every single monday my shirt had to come off 
Dale Wilk's shirt had to come off. Everybody's shirt had to come off. And be ready to and roll. Who, and who looked the best with no off-season. So, when you get no off-season with that kind of pressure, of course, you lean to alcohol and sedation and, and, and trying to, you know, tell yourself, I got a broke neck so I can take these pain pills that's okay. Right. But really, it's not okay. But you just kind of convince yourself of all that. But Dale Wilkes is is and and has been and will be one of my best friends of all time. And I'm very glad that he's still with us to this day. So hopefully, you know, hopefully alive and well. I wish you the best, sir. Now, um, pussy. Let's talk about pussy, shall we? Yes. Okay. So I owe this to a friend of mine. He wanted me to ask you. What's your best pickup line? I just I just talked to my wife about this not too long ago. I, I know she, she's walking around not, too, so no disrespect, Miss Judy. If you can hear me, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, 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 she, 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 she laughed when you asked that in the background. She laughed. I know. So she loves it. But but honest to God, maybe I should ask her. Hey, Miss Judy, what's his best pickup line? <laughs> yeah, you know what she'll tell you and I'd let her but it takes too long for her to tell her I, I, I didn't have a pickup line no I didn't I didn't and, and I'm not trying to be cocky when I say this I'm just going to be honest I didn't have to have a pickup line yeah I really didn't I'm, I, it wasn't that I'm trying to be cool I'm not trying to show people that I'm different or cooler or better looking it's just the I'm way not it trying was. to just what I call superstar people I just don't didn't do that if a girl hung with me and i dug her and she ended up in my car as we left yeah we fucked yeah and it, and it was just that simple and if i you know if, if they didn't they didn't but i wasn't about to grab hands with a girl at the start of the night because we're going that because your night's ruined with your boys you, i went out to party and have fun and right. whoever ended up in the car then the pussy came. The problem with the pussy was I'm in my hotel room and, you know, the door's getting just banged in and I'm having to act like nobody's in the room and sneak out to get places because there's just women trying to get into the room, you know? So it was, it was just a, it was just a complete pussy fest. And then when the nitro girls got, got involved, now you got women and men in the same hotels. Oh yeah, All and right. brother, it everybody. Was a, it was a it was a complete fuck fest. Dude, I read about. Uh, I mean, it was it was just everybody had their certain nitro girl, and I say there's only there's only like you know five or seven of them, but but still, it was just everybody had their own thing, and at night, all the guys like Lex, Kevin Nash, and myself, especially, we would. When it got time to go to the girl's room, we'd have an ice bucket. Yeah. And we'd run in each other going, Oh, we're just we're just getting I'm just getting some ice, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Not okay. See you later, buddy. No, all right. All right, that's Passing cool. Glance. No, it's it's funny because I, I, I understand that you're a good looking dude. You you're charismatic. So I've heard the stories about like going to the strip club and just you're attracting birds like popcorn. You know what I'm saying? Like you just sit down and this is just what's up? Yeah, so, dude. It really it really was let's put it this way. My mother 
had a my my family worked for me. I opened set my whole family was suffering while I was, you know, making a million dollars a year. Yeah. So we're talking about you know, I, I wanted to help them, but at the same time, you know, I, I can't, I can't help everybody. There's a lot of hands out, yeah. and um, and they knew that too. So they had, they had jobs. They weren't losers, but it, but it, just, it just happened, you know. And they, but they would um, literally, you know, come out and say, you know, um, you know, can I get, you know, money for my house mortgage? I get the money this month. Right. So my mom came up with the idea of my power of attorney that she is. She would come out and say, look, let's just open up a corporation. Give you some. She'd keep in mind, back to running a lumber business for 17 years, making a million dollars a month. So we opened up the Real Buff Corporation. And I hired, you know, my family to work for me and paid them, took taxes out on them and actually made money doing so. Yeah. And got all my shit done. Well, that's you know, good. And that's, that's anything really I needed good. done, I called, got it done. And because I had my family working for me and everybody was happy. Instead of just giving a, a house payment for free, I was given a house payment for them to get something done for me that needed to be done. Yeah. Well, teach so a, it's teach that, a man to fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you teach him to fish. You don't give them fish. Yes. That's how it goes. You know, it's give, give, give them the fishing pole. You know, and see what that see what they can do. I don't know. Like that's another thing that's that's very strange. I mean, you know, I've been poor my whole fucking <laughs> life, and right now we're doing okay. So it's it's very strange to to even think about what it would be like to be to have expendable income, let alone you know uh, a celebrity. So I, you know, my my biweekly paycheck. 25 or 30, according to whatever else was coming in, bi-weekly, $25,000, and that ain't counting if a video game sold or your pictures came in or, 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 or your whatever, your autographs, anything, but... It's going to be about $1.2 million annually. <laughs> yes! Not bad. And, and, and it, was, it was just crazy. But keep in mind, out of that, I'd get like a $40,000 check in the middle of all that because Bonuses. that Nintendo that Nintendo game that was so hot, NWO versus WCW or something, that yeah. was the number one to this day, the number one selling video game in the history of time for Nintendo. It was Nintendo 64. It's a good fucking game, it was, man. It really and it is. It was one of the best, dude. <laughs> to this day, there's people that say it's still one of the best. It's WCW. It was really, uh, really, really, and it was the number one best thing. So I remember getting a $40,000 check and thinking, well, that's not my normal bi-weekly check, you know? And so I went and looked, and sure enough, I just had been paid a week before, so it wasn't time for my other check. Yeah. So just that kind of shit was happening, dude. It was just crazy. It was just everywhere I stepped was gold. Fucking dividends on the reg. The problem with that is you're going to pay for that sooner or later. Yeah, that's. I think it's everybody's mistake. You fall into that trap and you kind of get used to that. And it's it's a dream, dude. You know, you're very blessed. And I think that because you lived that as a kid, you probably can't accept it. Other people might not have made it through this 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 storm that you've had, dude. Because we're just talking about money. We're not talking about the injuries and the fucking 
you're one of the yeah. only people I've met that have had more like medical shit. <laughs> you know, you've had more surgeries than me, and I got shot in the head. So I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah, you're, you're fucking impressive. And just the last three years has been six surgeries. That's crazy. I had, like, three, I had three on my hip to get one hip replacement, and I still got staff right now on it that's not quite healed. Yeah. After three, after that long, I had two shoulder replacements, but it's finally fixed. And my left shoulder, I had it scoped. So I had six surgeries in three years, bro. That's so crazy. I've had a, a bone graft surgery from my hip, so I can feel you on the hip. Oh, my God. How brutal. That's what they do with my neck. How hard was that hip thing? It's the thing is you don't realize how important your hip is in movement until, you know, mm-hmm. it's the little things you take for granted, like taking a shit. Sitting down on yes. the toilet and getting up off a toilet, good luck. Sure, that's all in the good hips, luck. baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally, I literally, my neck was totally fine. I'd be, I'd be hobbling around, and people would go, what, "What's wrong, buddy?" And I go, "Well, I broke my neck." And they're like, "Well, why the fuck are you limping?" Yeah, what, what does that have to do and with I your go, leg? And I go, well, I. Uh, they, they, that was back when they didn't do. That was back when <laughs> cadaver just first started. <laughs> the neck bones and connected some, to the back. Some doctors <laughs> didn't do cadaver, and some doctors did, but my doctor refused on it. And and to me, it made sense because your bone is going to fuse with your bone. Yes. Better than, than fusing with another person's bone. It's a gamble. Yeah, you're, you're not having to go through that hip thing that's brutal, but still, your next, my neck is never given. I mean, bro, that was 98. Yeah. That was 90 fucking 8. 2008, uh, another 10 years. That's, that's been 20 years ago, brother. Yeah. And my yeah. neck doesn't bother me at all. It's Nothing. I tell you what, it's it's you're in another special club. Um, I uh, this whole process is amazing of getting into speaking with you guys and some of you, the the wrestlers that are still able to do things. They haven't been hitting the head with a fucking chair so many times that they can't put a sentence together. Right. Um, I've been speaking with uh, with Psycho Sid, you know Sid Vicious. Oh, God, I love him. He's from Arkansas, and I just got in contact with him. Now, it may not turn into anything, but it's fun now to sit here and look these guys up and just realize, like, all the stories that you fucking guys can tell. Like, I think you should should be. I've got a Sid story real quick, and then we'll uh, let's end it up. Let's end it. But I got a good one for you. I knocked out a guy in Jacksonville, Florida, at the stage where your Sid's. Your nasty boys, your your hardcore boys were more like, who's this fucking young, pretty boy punk, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're all in this club here, all of us together, and I knock a guy out with one punch. And I mean, I'm talking about wham and like him not move on the ground. Yeah. To, my, to a buddy of mine named Eric Watts counted out the 10 count for him and he did not move <laughs> now me being as much trouble i had been in at that stage and i was only 21 but I'd already still been in tons of trouble and that was the catch they thought here's this pretty boy you know 
kid that ain't never been in a bit of trouble. He's been spoon fed his whole life. They didn't know that the biggest troublemaker in the room was a little quiet kid sitting over in the fucking corner. Yeah, I'm just trying to fit so, in, guys. Don't don't worry about the shit I've been with. <laughs> yeah, he, but, but Sid one time pulled me in his room, and I was like, "What's up, man?" He goes, "He goes, how did you knock him out?" Now here's Sid Vicious. He's a Sid giant. Tall. He's a giant man. He's 300 I mean, he pounds. Kill the world. Six, all that. Just a mammoth. <laughs> and, and, and he asked me how. I said, "What do you mean?" He how goes, did, "How did you do I mean, that? <laughs> I, I mean, how did you really do it?" And I said, dude, I said, I just, I I didn't really know I was going to knock him out, but I just shot right for his chin, which is called the button. Right. You know, I just, just, just did one, that one step away and then brought all my weight right back into him. He just did the, and just, just like a tree going down, dude. And just, I'm passing cops coming in and I'm passing them. Bye-bye. You know, (laughs) yeah. And, and I didn't get arrested for it or nothing. I, I had to apologize to the guy. Sorry, buddy. You know, but maybe you yeah. should have shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's that's yeah. your fault. But his words right before he got knocked out were, well, his words were going to be, if you feel froggy, yeah, yeah. jump. Did you buy him a beer afterwards? But, but, Did you guys but he, never got the word, he, never, he never got the word jump out. <laughs> Remember back when you could just punch somebody in the face and you didn't get sued and you didn't fucking well, get shot. Went home you, just... you got your ass whipped and there was there was no cops called. There was no nothing. It was just you got your ass whipped and that's what it was. We used to call that an attitude adjustment. Sure, <laughs> attitude adjustment. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today, and uh, I really think that. I'm glad that you guys are, are getting involved with the internet because there's so much money to be made. That was one thing that I did want to talk about. You know, I know that you you're still hitting some circuits and stuff like that. You've got to stick with this internet stuff, dude. You've got to do shows. Now it sucks because you're probably not going to make a lot of money from these shows, but it gets you out there. It makes somebody have to look you up. It makes somebody have there's to go back, and, buddy. It, it's for an hour of your time, you know. A couple hundred there's, that, exactly. there's no doubt. There's no doubt this is the way to go. It's just having the time to do it. Yeah. But if you want me for anything out there and trying to keep up with me, on my Facebook is Marcus Bagwell, right? Marcus Bagwell is my Facebook account. And then Twitter is Mark Buff Bagwell. Um, and then... Is what now? Marcus Buff Bagwell. Marcus Buff Bagwell is Instagram, so it's so it's Marcus Bagwell Facebook, Marcus Buff Bagwell Instagram, and Mark Buff Bagwell is Twitter. If you want anything to do with me, and I'm I'm very good at you know getting back in touch with everybody, and I'm pretty I'm pretty easy to get in touch with, bro. I really am. It's been a real pleasure, man, and I'm glad we got to speak. And you guys, hey, dude, sure. I loved it. I loved it from the moment I saw you, and, and uh, we had a we had a good talk. And I'll do this again anytime you want to do it, bro. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, brother. Bye bye. So there you have it. My little chat with Buff Bagwell, Buff Daddy. That's crazy, man. I'm really glad of the the people that I've got to meet and kind of where it's taken me thus far. It's really cool to sit here and make friends with people that you probably never get to speak with in real life. You know? It's not like going to uh, 
like a wrestling event or seeing them at a Starbucks or some shit like that where you've got to make it quick. You can't really ask anything. I mean, I that was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. Anybody out there, you know, if you're looking to get into some shit, this is all you do. You sit here and you you move around and then you get to talk to somebody that's just a regular person and happens to be famous. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, sir, I hope that uh, everything goes well. I know you're shooting movies and doing all kinds of crazy shit now. And uh, I wish you the best. Okay. Let's do sponsors, shall we? Let's give a big fat shout out to WeHaveMerch.com. Man, the guy over there, Shiloh, he's a great guy. He's literally building a network of, of podcasts to do merchandise for. And the more people that get in, the more people that sell merchandise, the more money he makes. It's, it's a really cool setup, and he'll take care of you. So I say, if you need merch, go to wehavemerch.com if you want to buy something. But if you need to get sponsorship, if you want to look into that, hit him up. Send him some information. I promise it will be wonderful. And also, uh, Spunk Lube. www.spunklube.com Put some slippery on your dick, baby, yeah. You guys, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review if you like. You can follow us on Twitter at PoBoyPod, at JodyB501. Um, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friends' mama about the show, man. Spread the word, spread the love. Just know, I appreciate all you motherfuckers, and I'll be back next week with a new episode. You take the clothes off my back. so cold one day you're here one day you're there one day you care you're so unfair sipping from your cup till it runs over uh, uh, holy grail uh, blue told me remind you niggas uh, fuck that shit y'all talking about i'm the nigga uh, caught up in all these lights and cameras uh, but look what that shit did the hammer uh, God damn it, I like it. Bright lights and Tyson. But look what it did to Tyson. All that money in one night. 30 mil for one fight. As soon as all that money blows, all the pigeons take flight. Fuck the fame, keep chicken on me. What I do, I took a back. 
fool me twice, that's my bad. I can even blame her for that. Enough to make me want to murder. Mama, please just get my bail. I know nobody to blame. Kirk Cobain did it to myself. Uh. And we all just entertain us. And we're stupid and contagious. No, we all just entertain us. And baby, it's amazing I'm in this place with you. I just can't crack your code. One day you're screaming you love me loud. The next day you're so cold. One day you're here, one day you're there. So unfair. Sipping from your cup till it runs over. Holy Now ground. I got tattoos on my body. Psycho bitches in my lobby. I got haters in the paper. Photo shoots with paparazzi. Can't even take my daughter for a walk. See him by the corner store. I feel like I'm calling it off. Enough is enough. I'm calling it off. Who the fuck I'm kidding though? I'm getting high, sitting low. Slide by in that big body. Curtains all to my window. This fame hurts, but this chain works. I think back to X. Same person, if this is all you have to deal with, nigga, deal with this shit. This ain't work, this light work. Camera snapping, my eyes hurt. Niggas dying back where I was birthed. Fuck your iris and the IRS. Get the hell up off your high horse. You got the shit the niggas die for. Try yours. Why you mad? Take the good with the bad and throw the baby out with that bad for it. You still alive. Still that nigga, nigga, you survive. Still getting bigger, nigga, living a lot. Vanilla wafers in the villa, illest nigga alive. Michael Jackson's doodle. And baby, it's amazing I'm in this space uh, with you. Uh, I just can't crack uh, your code. Uh, One day you're screaming uh, you love me loud. Uh, the next day you're so uh, cold. One day you're here. Uh, One day you're uh, there. One day you care. Uh, you're so unfair. Fair. Uh, uh, uh.